are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Engaging an exciting conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Every week on the Radiant Culture Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Radiant Culture. I'm your host, Cookie Monster, and today... I've got two wonderful people with me. I'll let them introduce themselves. Yeah. Uh, Kent in the house. Always good to be on the show. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> I think this guy rigs the show, but that's just my personal opinion. You reckon? <laughs> well, yeah. I am Dazzle. Hello, Dazzle. Good to have you back on the show. Always a pleasure. Awesome. 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 Well, today we're going to be discussing a topic that... Um, again, it's very important. We're talking about the church and religion. Um, and in fact, when we're discussing, we're actually kind of thinking of naming it kicking religion out of the church. But, you know, we want to talk about, <laughs> we want to talk about um, how the church in many ways has become quite religious. And I know if, if, you, if you're not a regular church attender, you may be thinking, yeah, but what, what do you mean the church and religion? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, aren't they all the same thing? You, you'll get to understand a little more as we discuss. But, you know, the church has become quite, quite religious in some of our practices and some of the things that we hold dear. And we just want to talk about some of those things and how they have affected our mission as the church. Yeah. 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 So would you, would you guys agree with me that church has somewhat become quite religious? Or maybe we can start off by, de- by, by actually defining what religion is okay yeah you well, want to help us do the that the definition that i have here is a particular system of faith and worship so as immediately when i hear the word system it means it's it's programmed it's something that's routine it's something that you kind of follow systems like rules and regulations and that sort of thing and i'm not entirely sure that's what Jesus was after when he was, you know, asking us to follow him. I don't think he was asking us to follow a set of rules and, and, and procedures and protocols. In fact, he often slammed the Pharisees for adhering to their traditions and their rules and all these things. But I think he wanted us to, to follow him in the way he had a relationship with his father. And, and that's what he was calling, to, calling us to, a relationship with him and his father. And I kind of think that, you know, yes, he had teachings and commandments, but I think we have kind of made them rules right? and not as pointers towards are we in right relationship with him, but we've made them things that we must fulfill. And if we fulfill all those things, then that means we must be, you know, okay, so, in a good relationship with Jesus. All right. So basically uh, you are saying that, some of the rules and <clears throat> yeah, I guess rules and traditions that the church um, is sort of pushing for or advocating for are not really necessary in a sense, or rather that they're not critical to the mission of the church. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say that because Jesus himself often used to hit but the rules and be like, but, you know, you'd question the very same rules. And it's coming from a place where 
the creator created us knowing exactly what flaws that we have. Right. And then realizing that we're never going to be able to be this perfect creation that doesn't break the rules all the time. A sacrifice had to be made. A sacrifice to end all sacrifices because there'd just be no animals left on the earth if we still had to burn sacrifices. <laughs> like for some of us, I think we need to burn like at least 10 sacrifices a day if we were still in that old system. Yeah. But we're not. And the reason we're not is because he then also provided a solution for us to make better decisions. Don't make the decision because it's the rule. Make the decision because you're a better person. Dazzle, uh, maybe I'll throw this one at you. Uh, what is the purpose of church? What, what's our mission supposed to be? Because I think that that's an important question we need yeah, to ask, yeah. right? Why, why, why does the church exist? Why is it even important for the church to exist? Have I just like thrown you in the deep? <laughs> You've got this. No, right? like I, I actually just wanted to answer it on a tangent. You're allowed. Um, so it's I okay. To, I may have to like pull back the sarcasm. Today, today I'm allowing <laughs> tangents. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say because people need something to do on Sundays. But that's just maybe <laughs> particular people that I know. <laughs> but like seriously, um, just to go in line with what Kent was saying. The point of church is to fellowship with people, with other people who are also after that relationship with God. And while seeking that relationship, then beginning to expo expand uh -huh. his love towards other people. So the point isn't for, for people to get in there and then they're saved, it's done. And right. then now they can point fingers at other people. It's like they're on an ongoing journey and because they've been there ahead of other people, they now have the upper hand to pull other people up with them as well. Yeah. Uh, sadly, human systems have a tendency to go wonky. And um, like, I, I really wanted to, to uh, comment on what Kent was saying about it being a relationship with, with God. Right. Like, it just clarified something for me because I, I always thought that it's about following the rules and like, however while you follow the rules, like, ah, you must really be connected. And I'm realizing that the reason why that system doesn't work is because we don't have the capacity to follow the rules all the time. Right. So my question is, um, coming from a pastoral background, where the number one thing that's on the agenda for every church leader is growth, growth. You know, meetings, you're always discussing about growth. What are the numbers? Is our church growing? Ask it, it. Like, I'm tired of that question. Every time I tell people that I'm a pastor, they're like, oh, okay, cool. How's the church? Is it growing? It's like everyone expects the church to grow, which is a right. good thing, I guess. Uh -huh. That's what we all want people to be saved and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I start asking myself and wondering, okay, what is church growth? Is it just the numbers or is, is it the type of growth? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So... I've noticed, and I don't want to generalize here, but just I've noticed that a lot of the times when we have church growth, even in, in our church, even when you ask people who are visiting for the first time, I think over the past year, I don't think we've had a single person who's visited who actually said, because we usually ask them, um, how did you find out about us? Do you mm -hmm. go to another <clears throat> church? Okay. I haven't had a single person say, no, this is my first time in a church or I'm not an unbeliever. I just mm. heard about this. And it seems like we are um, 
recycling Christians or we're redistributing members amongst ourselves. So that's not really growth. That's like redistribution. Growth is actually adding. If you look at Acts, you know, it actually says, and the Lord added many amongst them. But we, I don't think we're adding. It's like but other churches are increasing in number at the expense of other right. congregations. So, wow, that, that's a very uh, <laughs> interesting. <true. laughs> that's actually a very staggering uh, point there because when you really think about it, how many churches today can confidently say that they have a solid outreach mission type uh, focus mm. where, where they, they're going out there to, to reach out to people who've never heard the gospel before, mm. right? People that are lost. And, and, and this actually brings me to, to the point that I, well, I guess it's a question point, whatever it is, right? Which is that, and oh, it's about the mission of the church, really. Yeah. Because one of the things that, in fact, the, the words, the mission that Jesus gave us before he left earth was going to into all the world and yeah. preach the gospel yeah. to all creation. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so our mandate as the church is to preach the gospel yeah. mm-hmm. and to, to, to win people for Christ or to Christ. Mm. So, so what, what's the problem? What, why is it that more and more you're, you're getting people that are in church, but you know, the people that are maybe church hopping or people that are not satisfied with church has the church itself become the problem it sounds like it to me that's <laughs> yeah well look if we if we're going to get down and dirty with it <laughs> um i have also been asking myself that and uh-huh. i've you know i i used to think there might actually be something wrong with me because i just felt empty at church, and I'm not going to say which particular church that I was going to. Mm-hmm. I, I just have been around the block. So um, I'm going to sound very political here and say I think people are hungry, and that's why they're moving around. Uh-huh. And I think particularly for our... So let me stop you there. So you're basically <laughs> saying people are hungry and the church is not feeding them. Or it's not satisfying them. It's not satisfying okay. them. And it's maybe doing like bits and pieces of everything. So, for example, the church <laughs> where I used to go, perfect for introducing the concept of Jesus. Perfect for, for introducing the concept of living a life that's inspired by Jesus. And then it ends there. Okay. This, is, this was just my personal experience there. And the moment I started to grow out of that, I realized but I know and I'm inspired to live a life with Jesus in it. Can we get to the enjoying it part? Because I know what I'm not supposed to do anymore. And I know what I want to now do with my life, but can we get past the funny eyes because I shave my hair? Uh Like, because then it's, it's, it's still very much flesh oriented. I see you're doing like some hectic (laughs) hairdos and like, so, like, let's say I've sported a mohawk for a very long time. All right. It's only now that I kind of grew out of it. But, like, man, if there was, like, a how-to on how to remix mohawks, uh-huh. I might just write So, you've basically something. been a teenager for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, okay. So, let me rewind. Uh, I've been to a sort of fanatical kind of church. Uh-huh. It started out innocently by uh, my attending through a friend of mine. 
Right. Um, she just got into going to this church. And I think because she had a stronger sort of Christian background than me, she kind of knew what she was getting into. But for me, I fell in their head first. And so from the first service, the the pastor just went crazy. And, you know, he was really inspired and motivated. And from the church that I was going, mm-hmm. which is the one I eventually left, uh-huh. you know, I felt like, akuna action. Mm-hmm. I think let me go ugo kune action. And right. that's the first time I ever encountered this thing of people manifesting and the whole chichichi. And I'm like, man, right. this must be the church because where I'm going, I've never seen anything remotely like that. And yeah. if people are manifesting like this, then it means this is a way bigger problem than has ever been. And so temporarily I left the church I was going to right. for action. Uh-huh. Action. <laughs> Yeah, for for the action of manifestations and whatnots and prophecy and yeah, the demonstration the, of the power. Yes, yes, like In that. Quotes. Uh-huh. And yeah, exactly. And it started out innocently, like I said, until we were in service on Monday. We were on service on. There was women's ministry on Tuesday. We were in service again on Wednesday. We were students, so it was at university. So uh, services would be done after lectures from about five thirty, I think. So Monday, there would be an evening service. Tuesday, there would be women's ministry. Wednesday, there would be an evening service. Thursday is the only day out of the whole week where I wasn't at church. Friday, evening service. Saturday, practice for praise and worship. Sunday, we're singing the songs we were practicing on Saturday. And that point in my life, I did nothing but go to church. And I would be offended if people played certain music. I would just basically shut down everything out when i when i came home during same break one of the times when i was there i went on a tirade and just tried to get everyone to burn all the music we had and it was like you know god is really like working with you and you even have these messages from god about how somebody should just change their life and you're like this light that needs to tell the world that they're living the wrong way and blah 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 so fast forward Mm -hmm. Um, I got so tangled in this church. I also got into that spirit of sewing. So I would sew right down to the shoes I was wearing and walk barefoot because I was convinced I had to give something and it had to be painful. So Uh I have given away pocket money. I've given away gadgets. And you know what? What broke me down when I started to get really deep into this is that my mom said to me, we're worried about your mental health. And I'm like, excuse me, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to the club. I'm not drinking. I'm not doing any of that other stuff. And you think I'm mentally unstable. Uh And at that moment, it's like everything unraveled for me because I thought, why am I working so hard for Jesus? Like Mm. Jesus never. The gospel of works. Yeah, it was the gospel of works. And I lived guilty. I was always in tears. I was miserable. Like Because that was going to be my next question then, that... Did you enjoy it? Did you find it fulfilling? Did you find no. Did you find God in that? Not at all. In fact, I used to be like, man, what is this guy's problem? Like, first, he doesn't talk to people. He doesn't answer prayers. I'm doing everything I've been asked. And my yeah. life is not changing. Because I thought I was supposed to make millions. I mean, the kind of seeds I was sowing, I was supposed to be making big money. So I think the question right there, based on your experience, is that, is that the kind of church that Jesus wants us to have? 
is that is that the idea that he has of church that people come and feel this way because i think maybe that's why we are recycling mem- members and people are not really joining because to them they're coming and saying ah if that's what a christian looks like i don't want to be one yeah. i mean there's that guy who said that what's his name is it gandhi or yeah someone? gandhi i'm um... Yeah, Mahatma Gandhi said oh, something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, he says like I like I like, the, I like, I like their, their Christ, yeah. but I, I I don't I don't like the Christian or something so along Christians, those lines. Yeah. 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 So, wow guys, this is crazy. Okay, so of course, you know, there, there's different types of churches, yeah, different yeah, types yeah, of experiences. Yeah. There mm-hmm. is quite a proliferation of churches like what you've just mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. I I think we're starting to see them burgeoning. And uh that is quite concerning. I've gone through a similar phase myself, not not like that deep, but I've gone through a similar, a similar phase myself, right? But but the, the question coming back to this, I, I'm currently reading a book. Um, I just have to mention this. I'm reading a book by by John Piper, and I'm not promoting John Piper in any way. Let but you're allowed to promote John, John okay. Piper on reading. <laughs> I'm reading a book by John Piper called Desiring God, uh-huh. right? And you know he, he's got this whole desiring. He's got a, a whole movement called Desiring God. Yeah. It's quite amazing. Why, why I like John Piper is that I find that he's very objective and very theological yeah. in his approach. So he doesn't have a lot of other biases. He just, just presents the gospel and just really gets you to think. But this book talks about desiring God is all about um, enjoying God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he, he calls it meditations of a Christian hedonist. So when I read that, I thought, a Christian hedonist? What's a cri-? yeah. But the whole concept that he's introducing there is that God is glorified the most when we enjoy ourselves in him. Yes. yes. And I know, you know, we pre- we've heard that in church in some way, shape or form. But I, I almost felt like, wow, the way he hammers that is, is very different. And what he's saying is that God wants us to enjoy him, not just to endure him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm-hmm. And I find that when uh, church becomes too rigid to um caught up in its traditions and its values and in its this and becomes very insular and i think we we, we begin to lose that focus on christ we begin to lose that enjoyment that joy in him that, that so mm-hmm. could that also be a reason why um people don't feel drawn to come to church in the sense that it's because we ourselves as Christians are not actually enjoying church. Yes. So by, and, and like someone who's looking from the outside can clearly see that. Hey, you clearly don't want to be like, you're clearly not enjoying it. Yeah. Or, if, or when we're enjoying it, are we, what are we enjoying about it? Are we enjoying the fact that our church is so cool and we've got yeah, all these cool things angle. happening yeah. and we've got mm. all these celebrities that come to our church? Um. Are we enjoying the fact that our man of God is so powerful and he drives a Rolls Royce? And he's nice in a blue suit. You know, all, all of that stuff, Andy. Uh-huh. Oh, there's babes at the church, but I guess every you know when when a church has chicks, guys will always come. So that one, I think, <laughs> regardless regardless of what the church yeah. is, Andy. Um, but Seriously, though, um, shouldn't people be wanting to come to church because they see Christ? Should, shouldn't there be something mm. deeper that draws people to church and makes them want to stay? Mm. Have we lost that as the church? I don't know. So yeah. right now, yeah. there's divisions of who attends which church. So, for example, someone who's really facing the worst of the economic situation is never going to go across all the way across the Borodale to, to X church. 
Um, and someone who's at X church is never going to drive all the way down to the other side of the railway track to wear white and be part of Y church. Right. Like th- there's like a social reasoning behind the membership of churches. And that's because of the environment that people are existing in. And I'm going to link it sort of to branding. Uh-huh. So there's Maputi and Freeze It. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, hot chocolate and cake. Mm-hmm. So like the people who are into those kinds of things then inevitably fall into the kind of churches that fall in line with that <laughs> okay. line of thinking. Okay. So it's it's sort of like branding. So if it's you like, like a class system, a, okay. a, a, like a class system. So then if you want to appear to be upmarket, edgy, then you're going to be at a particular church. And then if you just think the whole world is out <clears> to get you and your ancestors made deals over your life and you have to be dramatic or else nothing is going to change, then, you know, and it's happening on like two extremes of the spectrum. And then it's almost like there's no room for people who really want to get to know God because he's good, not mm. because he promises he's going to put a million dollars in your bank account from nowhere. Or, or he's going to chase away the demons in your bloodline. Uh, or whatever. Exactly, that kind of thing. And that's never why we were supposed to follow him. Like, like um, you were rightly saying, I think the point is to enjoy God. And like we, until as Africans, we disconnect from our connection to our traditional background, we're never going to enjoy that because we, it's like, we're trying to, we're trying to go to church on Sunday, but with a little bit of Mshonga on Monday and the two will never mix. So you see it even in relationships, Kuti, we want to attend these churches that preach how we should treat each other, yeah. but we're so caught up in Mrumendiar, Pamsoro and Mkazi therefore. Uh-huh. Like you, you, you see it, Kuti. Yeah. You go to this church and they're teaching you. No, because of God's love, you should love your wife, and because of God's love, you should respect your husband. Yeah, people are not able to do that. They're going to the church and they're going so that f- they fulfill some social mandate mm-hmm. that they can discuss on Monday morning. But is it actually changing their life? I personally think church should be like Coca Cola. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, we explain. Uh, yeah. As in, Coca Cola is a product that, whether you're rich or poor, you're just gonna dig it, and it's always Coca Cola. It's always Coca Cola. Yeah. Exactly. I I agree with that because what Dazzle just mentioned there, where they this classing up of each other, and I think naturally, right, the you, you are gonna gravitate towards a church that um, maybe meets your social yeah. status. I, I even you know what I don't want to put it that way. I don't want to put it that way. Maybe that right, but I was gonna say that a church that um, meets your social needs also, right? Okay. I think that's a better way to put it. So if your friends are there, if um, you you the, the church is like a, it's meant to be a community, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a certain community, you are you're gonna gravitate towards people who are in that community or whatever. Yeah, I hope what I'm saying is making sense, right? However, when it becomes a, when it becomes a class thing, I think already there we, yeah. we have a problem um, because the church should just be the church, like what Ken said. Because our product is Jesus, yeah, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's what God is trying to accomplish in us. And so I want us to move quickly to... Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you look at Jesus... 
the life that he lived, mm-hmm. Jesus was always like baffling people with the way he did things. Mm-hmm. He hung out with the other guys, right? And he was like with the prostitutes and with the tax exactly. collectors and with all these other guys yeah. who were regarded as the sinners. Yeah. And yet those are the people he spent a lot of time with. And he went on to say, it's the sick that need a doctor mm-hmm. and whatnot, whatnot. And didn't he give us a similar mandate? Yeah. Right. That we, shouldn't we be trying to reach as many people as possible for Jesus? So why are we not doing that? Why, why are we spending more time together as Christians doing our own little, like how many people actually get together to say, guys, we need to minister to people or guys, I've got a, I've got a neighbor who's got an, an issue. I just want us to, to come together and love on him. Or like, do we still do that? Yeah, I think that's where the issue is. And I think the church has kind of become a, a Wakanda. It's, it's, it's a bad kind of uh, Wakanda. Keep, keep we, your resources what's the to yourself. Yeah. Our exactly. vibranium. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus is yeah, Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and like. we've kind of closed ourselves and we're in this little bubble. And yet, like you said in the beginning of the, of the episode, Jesus actually commands us to go out. He says, go into the world. Go. Rather than them coming to us, we are meant to go into the world. And make disciples and preach the gospel and make disciples. And I don't know, I don't want to generalize, but in our church, we're now seeing this and we want to try and make a change and, and focus more on going out there and reaching out p- to people rather than inviting people to church. You know, we'll, we'll invite them once we've reached out to them, but mm-hmm. the focus is going to be more about reaching out. And I don't see many churches doing that like even if you yeah even if you listen to the radio i know it's been banned or it's about to be banned but like churches are like throwing ads to invite people to their church and for miracles and whatnot and i'm not that's not really outreach you know what i mean outreach is actually going to where the person is and actually having an encounter with them impacting them and then they follow you that's what jesus was doing he was going out there having an experience with someone and then he says come follow me and I don't think we've organized ourselves as a church to fulfill the Great Commission. We seem uh-huh. to be wanting, and we create programs and programs and programs to keep people in the church. Like you said, there's men's ministry on Monday, Tuesdays, this and that. We create all these programs because we like to see the crowd gathering and we feel like, yeah, we're, you know, we're making an impact, but we're recycling people. But we now need to go out there and reach out to people. And I think one of the barriers is our religion where we are so accustomed to doing certain things and expecting certain things and, and living by certain rules. And because of that, we kind of feel like we can't associate with the world. Uh We can't associate with the world. So, you know, we can't be going out there to the world and mixing with them and reaching out to them. Like, guys, if someone, walked, if someone walked, and Dazzle, you, you touched on this earlier, and I want you to actually say it again. Um, the, the, whole, the whole thing that, are we wanting people to become something or to look a certain way first before we can accept them into the church, right? Is, is that it, that if someone were to walk, like, let's just say a harlot, right? That, that's mm. an okay word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah it's, it's not the okay. B word, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> A ballot. Um, so, <laughs> oh, 
Or to walk into the church on a Sunday morning wearing whatever she wears. Or maybe some guy that we know, Guti, this dude is like a serious womanizer or this dude is a drug dealer. Whatever. If, if they were to walk into the church, mm-hmm. would we accept them with the love, right? With just Would we accept them the way we accept any other church member? Or do we already have preconceived notions? Are we going to be like, mm, why is she wearing that? That's not, that's not proper for church. Yeah. Doesn't she know where she is? So, yeah. And, and you, you were sharing earlier about your... Um, experience. Experience. Your... Church experience. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you can share a bit, of, a bit about that. Because I, I think it's very relevant to what we're discussing. Okay. Um... So, yeah, uh, I've battled with who I am for a while. And, you know, in in a lot of ways, I was really just trying to follow these rules because I felt like that's the kind of person that God made. That's who I'm supposed to be. That's why the rules exist. And only now when I've started to get deeper into what it means to have a relationship with God, I realized that some of the aspects of judgment that I carried were not just about other people. They were about myself. Uh And so because I've judged myself before God and I've condemned myself before him, then I can't live any other way but to condemn people the very same way. So those people in church who condemn other people for the things that they wear and whatnot, that sort of thing, those people are living under that false relationship or sort of like tainted relationship with God, uh-huh. they still see him <clears throat> as some kind of dictator, some kind of person with a list of boxes that need to be checked before you can call yourself his creation. So this is where it comes back to where I am now. I'm still going to shave my hair. I'm still going to wear my ripped jeans. But I'm not the Sharon who needed validation in the world because I've been validated by God. Right. So no one is ever going to tell me that my hair is not the hairstyle that a Christian should wear. Because when I speak and I speak the words of God, the power in those words doesn't care about whether I have three lines on my shaved head. Right. You get it. So it's it's instead about of, instead it's of ab- two. <laughs> instead of two. So it's it's about more than the things that I wear, the things that I do. Because it's a full package. Uh-huh. Remember, like. I look at someone like, for example, Joyce Mayer, mm-hmm. and at first I'll be like, ah, what's the kind of I'm trials, right? And and for me it was like, but I mean, she's a woman and she's preaching and blah 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 blah. Until I stopped paying attention to the noise and started listening to what she was saying, the things that she would say made a bigger impact on me than the fact that she was wearing tights. Right. The tights do nothing. The tights are not even, <laughs> they have no place in the conversation of somebody's soul. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to bring back that depth. <clears throat> the fact that people are not going to go to heaven if we don't reach out. Right. And w- if we keep playing ringer ringer rosies between the, f- between the five of us who are saved, then what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're taking on this weight personally that is God's. Yeah. God said, go out. And when you've gone out, I'm going to give you what to say. I'm going to give you what to do. So stop paying attention to what you think you need to be saying or what you think you need to be doing. Just go. And like until we address this issue, even our faith is in shambles. Everything is in shambles because it's all about me. All right. So, okay. Uh, another 
point that I also want to highlight is the is the whole point that have we have we also become too um fixated with our church brands, right? Where it's like I I don't want to when I'm inviting someone, I'm not inviting them to to Jesus. To Jesus. I'm inviting them to my church because my church is this and my pastor is that or my prophet or my whoever is is like that and it mm. or uh like I said earlier my church is so cool and and we we begin to focus a lot on hey that church is so deep there mm. ah, that church is so dope and we forget that listen it's about Jesus at the end of the day because yeah. your church can be the deepest church and you can have all these miracles happening but if God is not there if God is not really working in the hearts of people then you're just having a good show. So h- how can, I guess, as, as believers, because I'm, I'm thinking of our listeners right now, to say, even if you do attend a church that's cool and that's got a dope mm. brand and mm. a dope pastor, which is cool, mm. but how do you make sure that you don't get caught up and get swallowed up in all of that and forget the reason why you're actually there? Yeah, I mean, like, as a pastor, there's one thing that I've had to you know, accept and, you know, and I came to the realization that I shouldn't be mad when a member leaves the church. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, it's a sad thing because you, you're losing a relationship. You're losing someone you regularly see and you're not going to see them um, as regularly as you normally do. But, you know, when someone says, no, I'm, 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 I'm leaving the church and I'm going to another church, I've come to the to a place where I actually have accepted it. And I'm actually, you know, happy that at least you found somewhere where you can connect more with Jesus, you know? And it's a very interesting thing that you're saying that, look, we seem to be inviting people to our brands rather than Jesus. And that's why I gave that analogy of Coca-Cola. I think church should be like Coca-Cola. There is no Coca-Cola that's better tasting than the other Coca-Cola. Ooh. Coca-Cola is Coca-Cola. Preach it now. You know what I mean? It's just Coca-Cola. But Coke and Bordeaux are not It's Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. It's Coca-Cola. You know what I mean? But we make it seem like uh, church is a beverage. We generalize it and we say, ours is a mochaccino and you are... Uh, you know, Tia Masam. Tia Masam. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? But Jesus is Jesus. Oh, like you said, our product is Jesus. And we seem, to, we just want people to come to our church and not really bring people to Jesus. That's how I feel. So I guess the question is where, where do we begin? You know, where, where we are? How, how do we ensure that we don't lose sight of? Of the mission because the church is people and did mm-hmm. yes we, we've got church leadership you've got church structures um but ultimately we are the church yeah mm-hmm. and what can we do what, what can we do to make sure that our like are we having conversations with people who are not saved who, or people who, yeah exactly people who don't go to church are we actually spending time with people finding out where people are at trying to introduce jesus trying to have conversations around jesus with people or have we just become like ah sure I'll tell you what, uh-huh. um, I think the other challenge is when we do go out there and evangelize, we are not trying to win souls. We're trying to regulate people. Ooh. 
Okay. I think we go with Ele an elaborate approach. that for me. Okay. <clears throat> I think we go more with an approach of fault finding. Witch hunting. Yeah. Witch hunting and yeah. saying, you're a sinner. This is wrong. What you're doing, you got to change. Come with me. I want to change you. I want to fix you. And that sort of... Uh, and uh. not really inviting people to say, hey, have you heard about the good news? Let me tell you about Jesus. This is what he can... You know, if you're trying to win, like if you're a marketer, if you're trying to win something, you're not going to... Um, there's a company right now that's got a campaign that I totally do not like. And I'm not going to men mention their brand. But if I describe it, people will know who they are. But their campaign right now, I just think is so off. Because they're using fear and guilt and not really benefits. What are they saying? You know, it's this company and they're saying they, they're selling an insurance product and the ad is, you know, they have different ads and, you know, someone does something, uh, spends money on something. Um, and, you know, one ad was this guy, you know, buying expensive polish for his car and he's covered his whole car and his wife comes out and says you bought polish to cover your car while your family is not covered or your life insurance is not covered <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like you know you're guilting me into a product <laughs> you're guilting me into a product <clears throat> you're not inviting me to enjoy yeah. the benefits of a product you know, and I think that's what Christians, so we, we Christians sometimes do. We go out there and we Bible bash and we give people rules and regulations. Yeah. And you then get people who say that, you know, I, I like their Jesus, but I don't like the Christians the Christian, because yeah. they're so judgmental. That's the number one thing I hear about, yeah. you know, from unbelievers. They say Christians are so judgmental. They just come and they tell me my lifestyle is wrong. Who told you my lifestyle is wrong? We go and attack people's lifestyles and we want them to change their lifestyles, but we can never change their lifestyle. They can only change their lifestyle when they have a relationship with Jesus who shows them a better lifestyle that causes them to change. So th that actually brings me to the question, right? And Dazzle, I'm um, kind of alluded to this earlier that, so if, if we're failing to connect with people, if we feel like we have to Bible bash people yeah. or to, like you said, judge their lifestyle, mm -hmm. is that a reflection of where we are at? That maybe we ourselves are not really engaging God? We, we're not feeling the love of God? Because, yeah. you know, guys, I'll be very honest. I remember when I... When I, for the very first time in my life, felt the love of God, it was like the weirdest thing. But I, I had always been the kind of guy that I always had questions about life. I was just like, life, who am I? Who am I? What am I about? Why do I exist? Like, I started to ask myself those questions from a very young age. Mm -hmm. And they would just be at the back of my head. Yeah. Right? And I remember for the first time when I just felt like those questions were gone. Like, I was just like... It, it made sense that I belonged to God and that God had made me. Yeah. And I specifically remember, because I was in high school, mm. the way I, I just wanted people to, to know God, to experience what I was experiencing, right? And of course, I hadn't experienced all the other things that then come with, with being a Christian and <laughs> then you make mistakes. Yeah. And then, but the, the point is, I can refer back to that because all my friends, like all the people who were part of my circle, I would talk to them. I would just be like, guys... You need to know God, guys, right? So 
And I wish, uh, for sometimes I actually long for those days again, because I'm just like, Hish. I think I've become too churched. I think I've become too, too programmed in the way that I think sometimes. So I'm saying, is that maybe the problem that we, we're, we're no longer, we've lost our first love. And so we, we struggle to extend that love to people because we don't really have it. We're just like on this whole... We're just, uh, we're just like basically... I actually what, have a question so that, you know, I've been asking myself. I had a, an experience where I was in the company of, you know, people who are not really Christians and don't go to church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was for other things, it was for business and, and, and other agendas. And I spent time with these people and they knew that I was a Christian. But I was amazed at how I was so comfortable in their presence and how they welcomed me in that circle and still respected my, you know, my faith. They didn't Mm -hmm. judge me. They respected that I had a different lifestyle or belief system to them. Yeah. But still accommodated me, you know, as far as, you know, if one of them was to cuss, they would quickly say, you know, oh, sorry, you know, um, just out of respect of my faith, not because they feel judged, but just to say, hey, you know, you don't use this, so we're going to respect you. And then I began asking myself, how, how many non-believers would feel comfortable or welcome to spend time and have a conversation a conversation with a bunch of Christians would they actually feel welcome and respected and actually feel like hey you know what Christians are actually really cool or would they feel judged unwanted condemned and yeah that's a that's a very interesting point because I think we're living in a time where Chris, the, the term Christian right now, the, the brand, the label, um, <laughs> it's got, it, it, it doesn't have very good um, brand equity yeah. at the moment, yeah. right? So even, you know, in, in a lot of the Western countries, you're, you're finding more and more that they, they are in this whole, um, what do you call it? Um, they're calling it the post-modern era where it's post-Christian, Right, because a lot of like I know a lot of um, countries in Europe used to be very Christian based, but they've now gone beyond that. So, so, so they say. So you're finding there's a lot of this stuff happening all over the world, right? And so, as Christians, one of the yes, we, we need to defend the faith. So the, the, the faith. That's why you've got Christian apologists and people who do that in the public sphere. But as the Christian, I think it's also important for us to to change our tactic, right? Because we, we, need to, we need to learn to actually love people. We need to learn to, to represent Christ well. And representing Christ means that we've got to be, we've got to be willing to, to accommodate people who are not Christian, who don't share the same value system as us. Sometimes even people who are like, like Kent and I are in this group where, you know, we've got friends from school who are just like, you, you get guys there who are totally against all of this Christian yeah, stuff. Yeah. And they don't have <laughs> any, kind, any kind words to say. <laughs> but, but you learn to, to, to live with that. You learn to, to accommodate people. And you learn to even be friends or friendly towards, yeah. you know, to, towards guys like that. So uh, what, what I'm saying is that 
guys like that. That sounds weird. I, I didn't mean it like in that. In that. In that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. But but maybe it's time for us to actually learn to to live with other people, to accommodate, to present Christ without having to preach Christ. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So that people just feel That's loved. Good. If someone is like maybe gay. And you don't really subscribe to that, but we don't. Or if someone is like living some funny lifestyle, some, a lot of the time people already know that the life they're living is not proper. Yeah. So the last thing they want to hear is, you, you, uh, what are you doing? God doesn't want that. Sometimes they just want to know that, hey, Sha, I'm with someone. They don't agree with what I'm doing, but they, they still chill with me. They mm. still have coffee with me. So that, that sort of thing. So we have mm. to really learn that. Yeah. And I think that's how we begin to introduce the gospel where maybe we plant the seed someone else waters it yeah right but it's ultimately god who brings about the change, the change. anyway yeah. Mm. yeah well for me as we go out i think uh, one thing that i'd like to put out there is that um when we are dealing with unbelievers we have to take a different approach as to when we're dealing with uh, each other and you know a friend of mine Yesterday, we were discussing something that Paul wrote. We came across an interesting piece of scripture. We've read it before, but, you know, it just stood out where, you know, Paul was saying, you know, um, you must, it's your duty to judge each other, but you, haven't, you don't really have business judging the world because you're not of the world. Mm. And I feel like, you know, we judge the world too much and the, the world just kind of, you know, you know, rejects us and feels repelled by us. Whereas we, we're using the same standard, you know, it's okay for me if I know you are a Christian, I can judge you based on your belief. Yeah. But me and an unbeliever, we don't have any common ground. So what's the basis of my judgment? He doesn't Ooh, believe what I believe. So what's the basis of my judgment? I can't then now say to him, what you're doing is wrong according to who? But if you're a Christian... I know to say, Sha, you really do know that the Bible says this. Christ does not like this. So therefore, I can judge you based on that. But with the world, I can't do that. So the best thing we can do is show them Jesus, is to preach Jesus, is to show them the love that we've received from Jesus. And they say, hey, I want to be part of that. I want that love too. How do I do that? And we bring them in. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Kent. Uh, well, that's all, folks. We... I think this has been a very enlightening discussion. And I really hoped, you know, for our listeners out there that, you know, we're not trying to bash any church. We're not trying to throw shade. But the, the, I think the purpose of a discussion like this is just to help each other see that you may be part of the coolest church, you may be part of the biggest church, or you may be part of a very tiny, small church with only five people in it. I think the standard is the same. We, we need to make Jesus the center of everything. And we really need to, to learn to love people, to reach out to people and to not get too caught up in our own uh, programs and in our own traditions as, as church folk and realize that there's a whole world out there that needs the love of God. So that's it from me. I'm your host, Cookie Monster. I'm Dazzle. Dazzle. And I'm Kent. <laughs> we Out. Out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. 
If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.